Hi, I'm Ann Wynn, Associate Conference Producer with Cambridge Health Tech Institute. This is a podcast for the 2015 Leaders in Biobanking Congress, July 14th to 16th in Toronto, Canada. We have not one but two interviewees today, Dr. Michael Rural, Director of the UHN Program in Biospecimen Sciences at University Health Network and University of Toronto, and Dr. Anthony Joshua, Staff Oncologist and Affiliate Scientist with Princess Margaret Cancer Center. They'll be co-presenting a case study of their Biobanker BioUser Partnership, University Health Network, meanwhile, is the co-host of the whole event. Michael, Anthony, thank you both for joining us today. No problem. Thank you very much. Michael, you're a practicing academic physician scientist, and Anthony, you're a clinician scientist. What led you to both take on those dual roles, and how do they shape your approaches to biospecimen management and data collection? Michael? Being on both sides, if you will, of the aisle, on the research side as well, on the clinical practicing side, is to me very fulfilling. It really mutually guides and influences the way I think about both patient care as well as research. What I want to say is that working at a research hospital, as we do here in Toronto, uh, taking care of patients, and I do this as a GI pathologist every day where I look at biopsies and resection specimens from patients and trying to understand what disease they have, and then taking that impression, knowledge, and motivation back into the research laboratory is really a very fulfilling career. Being able to then ask questions in the laboratory about molecular aberrations, using the tissue and blood samples that we procure from our patients to ask deeper questions about the pathophysiology of cancer is a very important one, and then trying really as a team here in Toronto to turn from the bench back to the bedside and improving both diagnostics and and ultimately uh, treatment selection is something that fascinates me and really motivates me to go to work every day. And Anthony? And I guess as I echo those sentiments, I'm a clinician. I work in medical oncology, specifically genitourinary oncology and skin oncology, which is predominantly melanoma. And the reason for combining that with the laboratory work is that there's a certain passion to help patients and to bring them the latest and to understand how best to treat them, which patients to treat and when to treat them and how to treat them. And there are so many questions and the field is so exciting and moving ahead leaps and bounds, it's very difficult not to make your own contribution, uh, or at least try to make your own contribution to the field by being on the other side and liaising with my uh, scientist colleagues at Princess Margaret to bounce ideas off each other, to develop proposals together. And Michael and I work very closely together on such fields. It's a very exciting time, and when you're face-to-face with the patient, you always think that you could help them more, you could contribute more, and sometimes that is an important motivation to develop experiments and to really drive the field forward. In terms of how that shapes my approach to biospecimen management data collection, I think it simply tells me that both the biospecimen management data collection has to be robust, it has to be exact. If we're going to develop biomarkers for treatment selection or prognostic biomarkers, we have to be sure that the data we're generating generating is good quality data. So it demands a a certain level of rigor in terms of data collection and partnership with a broad variety of professionals in terms of information technology, pathology, and bioinformatics that will ensure that what we do is world-class and ensure that what we do ultimately can be applied to patients because we know that the data is robust. Can you describe your rapid autopsy program, how and why it came to be, what's unique about it, and how it's contributing to translational research? Anthony? Sure. So the rapid autopsy program or tissue procurement program at Princess Margaret is it's an opportunity for patients to contribute to science. And 
it came to be because there were so many questions that we had in the laboratory with regards to the evolution of cancer, with regards to why cancer became resistant to drugs and uh, what we could do about it, what we could learn about it, that we realized there was a large gap in scientific understanding in that field. And really the only way to address it was to understand the phenotype of end-stage cancer. And um, the best way to do that was to procure specimens from, from patients after they passed away. So it's unique because I think it's, it's probably the largest program in uh, the world in, in its scope and that we're, we're taking, uh, accepting uh, rather tissues from all common cancers. Uh, Michael uh, may know more in terms of how it compares to other pathology programs than myself. And the tissue is being applied to cutting-edge scientific research across a number of mechanisms internally at Princess Margaret, externally, globally, and in global alliances with other scientists investigating tumor heterogeneity and resistance with regards to both local and international grant mechanisms. So I think that the use of the tissue will continue to accelerate given the potential it has to help us to understand particular resistance mechanisms to an increasing array of targeted therapeutics in cancer. So those are, I think, the reasons that it came to be. It's relatively unique globally and and that and how it's contributing to translational research. But Michael, I'd also value your thoughts. Michael, what can you add about it? Yeah, thank you. Yes, as you heard, I think this is a really worldwide unique program. We're not aware of any other major center in the world that takes as uh, global an approach as we do. So the Princess Margaret Cancer Center program, rapid autopsy program, is available to every patient who is cared for uh, at the cancer center, no matter what the underlying disease really is. We have seen broad visibility at a number of meetings, especially in pathology meetings, really some of the other big centers in the world approaching us to trying to learn from us how to develop such a program, how to set it up. You heard already from Anthony a little bit about the really unique use of these samples. We are now about a year and a half into the program. We've collected over 6,000 frozen samples, thousands of paraffin-embedded tissue blocks, hundreds of well-annotated blood samples that go with this. And we can now really, and we have started already in a number of projects, do detailed molecular interrogation through sequencing approaches, transcriptomic approaches, and increasingly also proteomic approaches to try to look at disease heterogeneity, to understand what happens in advanced cancer and widely metastatic disease that we see at these autopsies, including some very unusual metastatic sites, for example, metastases to the heart and other organs that in, in if you will, traditional research are essentially never biopsy never ask for why certain tumor subpopulations uh, go to certain niches in the body what makes that unique. And then really tying also what interests me a lot is really tying these autopsies, if you will, as ultimate molecular readouts into ongoing clinical trials and ongoing uh, drug development and trying to understand what leads to ultimate resistance mechanisms in the disease, what leads to selection of certain subclones and why they are resistant to treatment. And really together with our bigger biospecimen program that focuses on collection of specimens from living patients, from surgeries and biopsies, as well as blood sampling for, for circulating tumor markers to try to understand the dynamics of cancer evolution under treatment especially, so what happens over time, and really having access to the appropriate sampling of these tissues at autopsy, I think, adds enormous value to being able to ask those questions. And if you look worldwide, again, very few programs or hospitals have tried anything like this, and usually it was very focused to one or two diseases specifically. And I think the scope and the infrastructure that we've built and the level of detail in terms of clinical annotation of these samples met 
attaching these samples to radiologic imaging and to disease dynamics that's observed clinically while the patient's under treatment, all of these things add up to an enormously rich database, and both in terms of specimens, physical specimens, as well as data that annotates these samples. So I think this is a unique program. It also is a real opportunity for many of our patients who express the explicit wish to contribute to cancer research as they are seen as patients, and as many of them, unfortunately, at this point still fail ultimate therapy. But many of these patients have approached us with, with the idea, can we contribute to research? And I think, can we leave a legacy, a scientific legacy? And I, I think this program, again, has engaged our patient population, our families who follow their loved ones being treated here, and really has engaged the Princess Margaret community, if you will, at large in this program. And so I think it's, it's a scientific success, but in addition, I think it has changed somewhat the dynamics of interacting with our patients. It's clearly really exciting and important, far-reaching work. Thank you again for this glimpse of it so far, and we're looking forward to learning a lot more from you this summer in Toronto. No Thank problem. you very much. Thank you very much. We were just speaking with Michael Rural of University Health Network and University of Toronto and Anthony Joshua of Princess Margaret Cancer Center. They'll be co-presenting during the session on biosamples, biomarkers, and clinical trials at the Leaders in Biobanking Congress, happening in Toronto July 14th to 16th. To learn more from them, go to www.healthtech.com biobanking for registration details and enter the key code podcast. This is Anne Wynn. Thank you for listening.